Welcome to Humans of SaaS. I'm your host, Ben Wynn, and on this show, I talk to entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders from the tech industry who each have a unique and compelling story to share. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Humans of SaaS. I have an awesome interview to share with you all today, my good friend and incredible CS leader, Sarah Masson, who recently came off of mat leave with a beautiful baby girl to join Leap Tools as their VP of CS. And in the interview, we talk about parenting, we talk about customer success, we talk about company culture, we even talk about breastfeeding. We literally cover all of it. It was a blast to record, so I hope you enjoy listening. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to catch up. Yes, it's literally been, it's been easily two two years two and a half years yeah it has been probably just a few months on top of two years at this point and in that time you have changed jobs you're now vp of cs at leap tools yes and you have a child you have a human i created a human so it's been a busy two years <laughs> for me <laughs> and i have a cat so it's basically the same 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 thing Except, uh, you know, she doesn't keep me up. Actually, when she was a kitten, she kept me up at night. But, you know, it's a, maybe a, a tad different. Um, she's probably a little hairier than yours. Maybe just a bit. <laughs> um, but you were just sending me photos, and Aurora is literally the cutest baby in the entire world. Thank you. I'm glad that's officially on record now and being shared. Um, I think. Yeah, once it's set on the podcast, it's, it's in the books. I assumed as much. So I think that we've got the most important talking point covered. Well, exactly. That was the whole point of bringing you on. I'm just going to give you compliments about how cute your child is uh, for the next you, 30 you. minutes, which I'm sure you would love. But, you know, our other listeners might feel a little bit like, you know, they want me to compliment their babies, too. Yeah, you're just going to get photos of children in your inbox from now on. <laughs> part of me would enjoy that. And part of me would be like, what if someone who didn't know me saw that and was like, why the f does this guy have just like all these photos of small children who aren't his in his inbox? Like that could be a little bit problematic. Oh man, I feel like we've created both a serious problem and just the best <laughs> thing for you to just get flooded with adorable photos of children all day. <laughs> Again, I kind of love that, but I just picture someone walking by my computer while I'm trying to do work and I've got like my background, my picture, my like laptop background is just like a collage of other people's children. <laughs> And that just like sounds wrong. It's nice, but it sounds wrong. Oh, but it's so funny to picture. Yes, no, and it's something I would do to troll people. But as I've learned, I mean, I try to live in like a gray zone in terms of what I I put out there in terms of like appropriate and inappropriate. And, and uh, I have to be careful walking that line sometimes. That is fair. So how was having a baby during a pandemic? Oh gosh, we're diving right in. Um... It was, I mean, everything about having a baby. I'm like, she's the best thing in the world. I am yes. madly in love with her. Having a baby during the pandemic had ups and downs. I had to take my first COVID test at the hospital because, mm -hmm. you know, the rules have changed based on where you are in person to person. But I, that's the only reason I got a COVID test because I've been fairly isolated you don't have to deal with all of the people who are like, oh, I'm just going to drop by and come try to True. hold your newborn for four hours. <laughs> I'm like, no, none of you are. I'm so sorry. I wish you could. I really do. You but, can't yeah. come. <laughs> how the hospital won't let you. How unfortunate. <laughs> 
That's great. So, so that is definitely a huge silver lining. You know, there were some downsides. Now I I wish she could socialize with a few more people, but we're still waiting on the right. vaccine. But honestly, not having to have a ton of visitors at the beginning was a huge blessing. Yeah, for sure. Same people for people who had weddings and people who had any life event. It's like you, there's like generally six people like at any given time that you want, you know, that you're like, okay, these are the people I want to see. And then the rest, it's like you're obligated to. But now with COVID, you have this great excuse. I don't know what we're going to do coming out of the pandemic. Like we'll need a new excuse to like cancel plans and to <laughs> not have people show up places. Like what are we going to do? So I got married like six and a half years ago. And mm -hmm. there were 45 people at my wedding. And all, all of my coworkers were like, can I come? Like, yeah. No. <laughs> did you tell people you have like tuberculosis? Like, how did you get only 45 people coming? No, I just said no. I no is a complete sentence. Wow. S you're sorry. My, you're my hero. No. Even to like your great aunt Flo, who like really wanted to show up. And you've seen her like once in the last 10 years and you don't really like her. But, you yeah. know, you just told them no. Yeah, I just told Flo no. I was like, we're, we're keeping it small. We're keeping it intimate, having a beautiful winery wedding. And if you're not one of my favorite people, you can't come. If I'm one of your favorite people and you're not one of mine, then we should talk about that because <laughs> that's a really important thing to rectify. But if I'm not one of your favorite people, then it's fine. Stay home. Yeah, I mean, that that, that makes sense. I think, yeah, it's, it's when there's... It's the people who like think that you're closer than you actually are. Like there's like an imbalance between how much they like you versus how much you like them. That's where the awkward conversations come in. Yeah, I would totally be down to rectify that. But if you just want to come to a party, I mean, there's some great bars in your area. <laughs> you just have like an auto response. It's like the Yelp page of of uh, you know local bars and karaoke nights that people can go to instead. Yeah, I found a better party closer to you. Do you do the thing where, I mean, because we always talk about, like, everyone loves when plans get canceled, right? Because then you don't have to go out. You don't actually have to show up. So do you, like, skip that whole song and dance and you're just like, hey, I don't feel like coming? Or do you use your baby now as the excuse? And you're like, hey, I really wish I could come. I'm so sorry to cancel last minute, but, like, Aurora's not feeling well, so I got to stay home. <laughs> so... Because she's unvaccinated, we're doing nothing. So I'm just, everyone knows I'm going to nothing. I'm canceling all plans indefinitely until she's vaccinated but i will 100 percent be the parent who's like you know what i just i'm, I'm gonna stay home and cuddle my baby <laughs> i could wait and make an excuse later but i would rather be spending time with her and i'm yep. sorry <laughs> i think that's valid i think that's fair i mean a baby is is nothing if if not a great excuse to cancel plans yes yes that is in fact <laughs> why i had a child yeah, clearly I've got a very strong understanding of parenting and will be a great parent one day. <laughs> so before you uh, went on mat leave, you were at Lupio. Did you go on mat leave while at Lupio or did you switch to leap and then go on mat leave? How, how long were you on uh, mat leave for? I went on mat leave when I was at Lupio. I took nine and a half months off and my husband is on paternity leave. So both of us took oh, nice. parental leave. He took four months towards the end while our daughter is, you know, a little bit older, wilder, but super fun to explore <laughs> the world with. And I took nine and a half months at the beginning when she just wanted to take a lot of naps on me. So that was nice. Fair enough. 
I mean, how, <laughs> and how was that going? I mean, because you've been going hard, like you were leading CS, you were like working a ton, you were coming to, you know, I was dragging you out to all these customer success events and having you speak and all that. Like, how was it transitioning from like work life, like career, like that was your whole focus to I have a human that I need to keep alive? It was wild. I distinctly remember the anxiety before I went on leave and just thinking, like, I'm more concerned to not check my email or know what's happening for months than I am to give birth. And is this normal? And I spoke yep. to other women who have been in similar leadership roles. And a lot of them said, like, yeah, that's exactly how they were feeling, uh, being disconnected from work in a company that you've spent years of your life helping to build right is scarier than labor which is known as like one of the scariest things that women are ever going to experience but they should name it something different yes it's <laughs> <laughs> just like calling it that like come on i guess they're calling a spade a spade but still yes like let's let's not call it sunshine rainbow time um but... <laughs> it sounds better i don't know i might feel better about it you're here right, for the Sarah? name change <laughs> yeah i'll lead the i'll lead the rebrand okay i will support this rebrand but yeah it was definitely a huge change but at the same time as soon as my daughter arrived like I was way too busy to miss work. So your hands are just so full immediate, so immediately that you think you're gonna feel, or at least I thought I was gonna feel really like I was missing out on something. And mm. I, I didn't because I was so busy and my life became so full with this totally different thing that I didn't miss that day to day as much as I thought I would, at least for the first few months. Right. You were just so focused on on Aurora. And, th and then after the first few months, like, was it that things you sort of got used to parenting life and then sort of work started st started drifting back into your mind? Yeah, I don't think I don't know if you ever get used to parenting life, but certainly she became not self-sufficient because she's a baby. She's obviously not <laughs> self-sufficient. Like, wow, you're really, uh, you're really uh, intensely parented her in those four months. Um, but she became just, you know, she could nap for slightly longer periods of time, and so you get right. like bit by bit and piece by piece, you get a little bit of independence back. And with that independence, I, I am hyper type A, so. Yep. It's not like I would just go and sit on the couch and watch Netflix and take a break, which is 100% which people should be doing. <laughs> I was very focused on like, okay, what's happening? Uh, and just trying to connect with coworkers and catch up and your attention sort of starts to pick back those pieces of your former life as you get a little bit more time back. I'm curious to like learn more about that. Like, did you have a lot of anxiety about, like I can, imagine there would be a lot of anxiety about missing out and on taking a pause in your career building, especially being someone like you that like, you know, speaks and has a has a brand and is someone who's known in the space and is a, a CS leader. Did you have anxiety about like, will I be hurting this? Like, how is this going to impact my career? Or were you confident that you could, you know, take the time and then come back in and, and that wasn't really a point of, of concern? So I think there's two key pieces there. 
The first is that I've heard this advice and I don't remember where I've heard it, but it is absolutely not mine and credit should go to whoever came up with this brilliant <laughs> advice. It's yours now. Uh, but I've heard this before that work-life balance is not something you always need to aim to achieve at a single point in time. So I don't need to think like, hey, today is Wednesday and today I need to have the exact perfect balance but it's something that you need to achieve over the course of your career. And I very much so kept that front of mind earlier in my career when I was hustling and pushing so hard and going to every event and every speaking engagement that I could, that that was not something I was going to have to do for my whole life and that I was achieving the right balance by hustling so hard earlier in order to get myself to a place where I could get a healthier balance later. And so I think that really helped motivate me to push, but also helps me feel less anxiety, giving myself that time and really just giving myself that time with my daughter. I didn't really have concerns about my own skill set depreciating, but I was very aware of the perceptions and the perceptions when you're talking to people as a mother with a young child. And what other people would think about my skill set was definitely something I was very aware of. And what people would think about my ability to execute at a high level when I do have an 11-month-old now. Right. And and was that based on stuff you'd observed or stories you heard? like, Or was that more just anxiety manifesting itself? I would say it's very much so based on what I've observed. Uh, I think we all see on LinkedIn those great stories where like, hey, I was hired and I was eight months pregnant and this is so exciting. Gave birth during the job uh, interview and they hired the baby as well. They hired me anyway <laughs> yeah. and everyone celebrates and it's kind of really destructive in a way because everyone's like, oh my God, look at this company. They hired you anyway. How amazing <laughs> of them. It's true. That's not the right idea there. It's the exact same trope when you see a father with a child and everyone's like, oh my God, are you holding your own child? <laughs> this is the best thing any father has ever done. Here's an award. Ever. Here's an award. So we're absolutely putting these companies on pedestals when people are transparent that they are pregnant when they're being hired. And yes, we should be celebrating that, but it, it it's almost offensive yeah. in some ways, because of course, like you hired this wildly skilled, capable, competent woman who is going to make your business infinitely better. So you put her in a leadership position because you are so lucky. You just got this incredibly talented woman who is going to bring your company to the next level. You do not get a reward. You do not get an <laughs> award for hiring someone great. And so, yes, I, I think it was based on experience, but actually the celebration of these companies really played into it because it shows what an anomaly it is. It definitely is. And I, I think you make a great point about, you know, celebrating some of this LinkedIn, I don't know what the best term is, but like LinkedIn porn, where it's, you know, I saw a homeless man on the street and gave him a dollar. And then I went to my job interview and the homeless man was the CEO. Like that that's the whole, the whole like trope of the stories that people put out. And it's same thing here with like, you know, we hired this person, even though they had an unconventional background, like people giving themselves a pat on the back. And it's at the end of the day, like you hired this person because they're the best you know, person for the job and who cares whatever 
their their background is or whatever their situation is at the end of the day you hire them for their job if you hire them because you just wanted someone who had a baby so that you could make a linkedin post that's a much bigger problem so yeah i'm i'm with you on that for sure yes and i totally get why it's it's often the women who were just hired who are posting it and i, I totally get why they're so grateful because i am sure i would feel the same way I just think it's so unfortunate that they're in a position where they have to feel so much gratitude for something that should be yes, an assumption. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a great point. I kind of see, see both sides, right? Because it's like I get, I think it's good to celebrate companies. I mean, it's sort of celebrating what should be not worth celebrating. So it's like, you know what I mean? There's sort of two sides to it, right? It's like by shouting out companies that are hiring diverse employees, that are hiring people that you know, regardless of age or parental status or um, race or gender or sexuality, like these are things that shouldn't even enter the into the equation. But at the same time, it's like by giving these shout outs, do we help to reinforce that like it's something that companies should be thinking about doing or is it actually hurting more than it's helping by sh shining a light on these factors and that shouldn't even be factors that come into the consideration in the first place? Yeah, it's it's tough and i don't i don't have all the answers i obviously wish then what I are did, you doing on the podcast sarah you're all, no, I'm just... i know i'm <laughs> sorry i'm out <laughs> today's show is brought to you by catalyst software the fastest growing customer success platform on the market catalyst gives you unmatched customizability a seamless bi-directional salesforce integration that takes less than five minutes to set up and a world-class customer success team that'll be by your side every step of the way Let's be honest, whatever you're currently using might be good enough, but is good enough really what you're aiming for? Take your CS team to the next level by switching to Catalyst today. To learn more, visit catalyst.io. And if you aren't looking for a CS platform right now, you should subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn anyways. I make daily memes, we host all sorts of events, and we love to give away our swag, which has been called the comfiest swag in the industry. Again, check out catalyst.io to learn more. When did you make the switch? So you were you went on MatLeave at, at Lupio, and then when did you did you come back off MatLeave directly into the role at Leap Tools? Yes, I came off of MatLeave directly into this new role. So, wow. you know, more senior role, larger team. Lots of people thought I was crazy to be taking on this extra responsibility coming right off of MatLeave, but absolutely took on big team, big challenge coming right off of MatLeave. And what was that like? It was exciting. Um, I had this mentality that I was going to be spending realistically those same eight hours a day away from my daughter, no matter what job I was doing. And that broke my heart is I have this tiny human who I adore. I'm going to be away from her. And that is gutting. So let's make those eight hours incredible. Let's make sure that she is so proud of me and the work I'm doing and that I am really challenged and I am really contributing at the highest level I can and I am hyper-efficient so that those eight hours away from her were worth it. Right. That's, I mean, I haven't heard that before, but I, I love that mentality. I mean, there's just the approach of, being a role model for her and setting that example uh, and making the most out of your time. Like, I think that's, 
that's a really great approach and a great way to think about it. But has that been, I mean, you're working remotely. So do you think that, like, are you away from her for eight hours or are you able to take breaks throughout the day? And like, do you foresee that you'll always now try to stay in a remote role so that you can be with her more? Yes, I love being remote. It has been absolutely one of the most important things for me. And I will say that as a new mother, I have this baby and I am, I'm going to use the B word, um, <laughs> but I'm still breastfeeding. <sighs> and that would not have been possible. If I was going into an office, I would have had to do something like pump, which I have so much respect for all of the women who do have to do that. But this was something that was really, really important to me. And to have to give it up because a company decides that I'm more productive in the office, A, it wouldn't have been true. I would have been heartbroken right. to have had to give this bond up. And that would have absolutely decreased my pro productivity. Yep. And B, like, why should I have to give that up to go into an office? So <laughs> yes, I still get to take those breaks and feed my daughter throughout the day, which has been really, really impactful for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's something I haven't actually heard of before as, as a benefit of remote work. It's something obviously I never thought about. I, I know it's shocking, but I didn't breastfeed my cat. So when I got her as a kitten, so, um, oh, <laughs> um, and if I did, I wouldn't say it on here, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, that's, that's amazing to hear. And, and it's, it's funny the way you say it, because it sounds so ridiculous. It's how like all of li uh, like all work for women has like been up until like two years ago, it was like perfectly reasonable to say, oh no, you have to pump so that you can come into the office for eight hours and be apart from your newborn child because we think you're more productive at the office. Like it's, it seems ridiculous now, but two years ago, like that was the norm. It's so funny how many things were the norm in the past that just seem ridiculous now. Yeah. And I, I very much so have become more aware of some of the blinders that I had in the past. So. I'll give you an example. Most babies go to bed very early. So seven o'clock is a reasonable bedtime for most babies, young children. Yep. And very often in the past, I would have been like, hey, it's five o'clock. Do you have just like 20 minutes to hop on a quick call super fast? And then, you know, your day will be done. It's fine. It's 20 minutes. <laughs> you're giving, like you're who giving, doesn't have 20 minutes? You're giving me anxiety. I feel like I do that every day. <laughs> If that is a quarter of your evening with your young child who is a baby for like half a minute, it goes by so fast and everybody says that, but it's true. You have like literally a finite number of minutes with your child yeah. when they are so young. And I'm asking you to give up a quarter of that evening for some call that is probably irrelevant and could certainly have waited till the next day. Yeah. And then if you had a commute on top of that, I'm probably asking you to give up like half of your evening with your child. And now you have this baby who is going to be fussier when they're about to go to sleep because that's what happens is they get fussier. So I'm like, hey, instead of two hours with your child, which you could have if you worked from home and if I let you end your day at the right time, the time I was supposed to give you, 
suddenly you have an hour with your child and there's going to be a bedtime routine in there. So part of that is just going to be putting them to bed and they're going to be fussy by the time you get home. Like I have taken half of the time you were supposed to have with your child that day. Right. And this is just one example of the realizations I've had about areas where I just was not, I, I prided myself on being empathetic and understanding. And I absolutely was not, um, I'm very upset at the people who I like robbed of this time with their children and who didn't push back on me and just the blinders I had in the past. That's it's important to hear. I mean, it's, and it's really interesting to hear that even for you, like that, that was a, a new perspective. And I mean, do you think that that was just, they didn't feel like they had that psychological safety. Like they would be, like that would count against them as a mom in the workplace kind of thing? Like, where do you think that comes from, the fact that they didn't push back? I think that a lot of tech is starting to say, hey, like, we're totally diverse. Look, we have women at our company. <laughs> and a lot of tech is not as diverse as it should be. Look, we have women. <laughs> We've hired a woman. Um, but certainly parents is a layer of diversity that, I don't see it a lot of tech companies. They, you know, up the diversity stats and all of these other factors, but it's still a company where everyone is under 30, really young, and you don't have a lot of parents. Yeah. So those parents feel lucky to be in a great industry like tech, but feel the need to blend in. And then there's just so many years of baggage for working mothers that they never feel like they're doing enough and they never feel like they're able to you know, compete with some of their peers in the workplace that parents of both genders, so like mothers, fathers, a lot of them, but especially primary caretakers often don't feel like they can push back and say, hey, I need to take this time off for my child. So they might say like, I am sick and so I need to stay home when in fact it's their child who's sick. Right. And now that I am in a leadership position with a young child, I'm making a very conscious effort to actually name my child. And so say like, hey, Aurora, this is happening with her. And that's why I need to take this time because I think it's an example that I can hopefully set for others. Yeah. And I think that it's something that a lot of people aren't doing today and don't feel safe or comfortable doing. I think that's amazing. I think it's it's so important to set that, especially in the leadership position to make that okay and make that the norm i view <laughs> i honestly view like being a, a mom or being a parent in general like you know that saying uh if you want something done quickly give it to the busiest person in the room like i think that yes. that lends so perfectly to like why being a parent is almost a competitive advantage because you're just going to be that much more like careful and thoughtful with your time i just really like that and I, i've always loved even like working for CEOs and like founders that are parents. I think I was actually meet, I met with another CS leader this morning. We were talking about this, just, you know, having leaders at companies that have, you know, family, it generally lends itself to a level of maturity and perspective on just how to, how to work and I don't know, build a company in, in a way that's sustainable and thoughtful that, you know, in the past, like working for founders that are like dating or, you know, are in, in a different stage of life, it, it really, it's funny how much it affects the culture throughout the entire organization. I agree completely. And I think what we've seen over the last two years is that people are burning out. They are burning out hard and fast and everyone constantly hears about, you know, 
everyone's switching jobs. There's like the great resignation. Everyone's burning out across all of tech. What are we going to do? Can we ship them foosball tables? <laughs> like, how are we going to fix this? And I, I think part of it is just the makeup of we hire all of these young, young people into tech companies, and now they're pushing themselves to work like 12 hour days and considering that the norm and they're doing that in the isolation of their own homes where they're not they're not seeing any other way of life but also like they're seeing that their peers are still online at all of these hours of the day and I, i think part of that is just the makeup of the team and that we need more like parents in tech and more people who have other responsibilities like maybe your co-chair at a charity or something like that but other significant responsibilities to model what healthy work-life balance looks like because we're not going to get the type of team environments that we want especially if we're remote without recognizing the importance of a healthy balance I mean, it's it's funny because I feel like this has been a hot topic lately because of shows like Super Pumped and the you know Theranos one, and you know people are talking about Uber and all all of these companies, right? Where you know everything was about work and it was grow or die, and it was like when you were that you pretended that like nothing outside of work existed, and that was like the the hustle culture, like that was what it was all about. And now it's like I I love that we're getting we're starting. I feel like we're maturing as an industry and getting to the point where we want to talk about things that are outside of work and we want to bring those things into work. I love seeing, you know, on, like a, one of my team members has twin girls and I can see in her calendar when she's blocked off like, okay, you know, I'm dropping the twins off at school or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm like, okay, good. Like I that gives me confidence as her manager to know that, you know, she is not sacrificing all, all of that important stuff for work. She's not overdoing it with work. She's not, she is making sure that she is setting her priorities right. And she has time with her family. And as her manager, I don't need to worry about putting more on her because I know she's going to either say yes and fit it in, or she's going to say like, actually like this timeline doesn't work. Cause you know, I'm doing this with a family or I have a doctor's appointment with the girls or something like that. Like that gives me so much more confidence as her manager as well. And so I feel like it's it's better for everyone when you do bring in those outside things. And like you said, you do talk about your child and you talk about what's going on outside as well as inside. It just makes for a happier, sustainable work environment. Yeah. And I think it's so important that this team member actually feels comfortable having that as a public calendar invite and sharing that with you. I think that's important, not just for them and for their sanity and mental health, but also they're serving as such a healthy example for other members of the team. So like huge kudos to them because they are helping to drive that shift and normalize that behavior for other people who might be younger in their career, might not have kids yet, but are going to see that and think that actually this is the norm, which is amazing. And you're not shouting it out in meetings you're not posting on linkedin about it like, <laughs> exactly it it's just business as usual of course this person has pick up their children in the calendar like of course and that's that's fantastic definitely i mean and so what are some of the ways i mean clearly you know you are setting a, an amazing example at leap 
for for your team and for the company? Like, how is Leap supporting you from the leadership level yourself? So it's a great question. And very much so exactly what I mentioned. Like, I had a conversation with my boss before I started, and I told him, hey, I'm still breastfeeding. This is really important to me. I'm going to need to be able to feed my daughter a few times throughout the day. And he was like, yep, of course. And so it wasn't a big discussion. It wasn't a LinkedIn post. (laughs) He was like, yes, but I need to use this for a LinkedIn post. (laughs) Yes, but we're going to send a press release. Um, Yeah, we need a photo of you breastfeeding. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) the lack of fanfare has honestly been very, very refreshing. And it's just, yes, of course you need to take care of your child. And of course you'll still be able to take care of all of your work responsibilities. We hired you because we think you're, again, like a competent leader who's going to take care of this team and help level them up. And so, I mean, it it sounds really basic and simplistic, but it it's just been trusting me to help get everything that needs to be done for the team done and to give me that flexibility without creating any fanfare around it. And here I am on this podcast talking about it. So I'm, I'm undoing everything uh, I yeah, said exactly. I was trying well, to do. Way backwards. But no, I, I love that point you made. And it's something we need to, to zero in on, on the lack of fanfare is a good thing. Like, I think that's something that companies default to thinking that we need to actively celebrate this. We need to, like, do you know how often I get, like, uh, hey, what should we do for pride? What's our, what should our, like, LGBTQ, like, internal thing? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, it, it's, that's not what I'm here to do. Like, if people have a problem, you know, we can talk about, like, you know, if there's a problem, that's different. But, like, you don't need to celebrate me. Like, that's not what that actually will is counter to to what i want and so it's funny because it's a lot of seems like there's some parallels with with the mom thing it's like what you appreciated was the lack of the focus being on that it was you as a business leader yes 100 percent. same situation so if we were to send out like a ben organizes pride week press release (laughs) that's literally my nightmare yeah, a hundred percent. So removing some of the fanfare and just normalizing it, like that is what is empowering. Yes, that is a huge lesson for companies and for people listening. Um, lack of fanfare is great. Talk with people about it if you're not sure, just ask them, you know, before you do, even like internally, right? If I'm sure they did a big announcement at, at Leap when you joined the company. And so, you know, in terms of, are they talking about your kids? Are they not? What's the focal point? Is it, you know, your your record in the past with like business metrics? Is it your family stuff? Is it a mix of both? Like, just talk to the person. If you're not sure about whether something should be a big deal or not, just ask the person and then, you know, they'll give you a clear answer. Yes, absolutely. And I should have said this at the beginning. I absolutely am speaking for my experience. Every single parent has their own very unique to them, very important to them experience. So just ask them exactly yeah ask again like hey we did this great announcement how did you feel after did did you like it were you more excited than you thought you would be did it turn into your worst nightmare and no one thought to check in like what was the actual impact of this how are things working um i think a lot of people forget about the follow-up because like ben you just said it's your worst nightmare someone else could very quickly realize after a blog post goes out that, oh my God, they're horrified. And 
if that follow-up never happens, you might do another one like a month later because it was the highest viewed blog on your site. Like yep. the follow-up and the secondary questions are really important as well. I, I think that's such a great point. Actually, both of those. One, I also am not obviously speaking for the entire LGBTQ community. That's purely my own experience and, and preferences as you are not speaking for all moms. But I, I still think these are, these are important and there's definitely a lot of folks that I think you and I have both separately connected with that, that share those sorts of of perspectives on this. Feels like it's been ages since I actually talked about customer success on the podcast. Um, I've been ranting about like startup culture and, and a lot of that stuff for a while. So I'm curious coming into Leap as the CS leader, like what has that been like and what are your what was your, your first sort of mission at the company? It has been very busy, but really exciting. Um, so Leap, I when I first met the team, I was just blown away by their product. Uh, it is visualizers that go into different retailers similar to like, we have some great companies uh, that work with us. So essentially the product blew me away it was a super sticky product but from a customer success perspective i saw a ton of opportunity to really develop the people and the departments it became immediately obvious to me that the team was in hybrid roles so not a lot of role differentiation so for example, we didn't have an onboarding team, a success team and a support team. We had people who were all wearing all of those hats. And so right away, first thing I did was let's build out a plan to actually get the right teams in place. Uh, we have a massive spread of customers. So let's actually build out SMB, mid-market enterprise. Like let's get our customers the appropriate journeys for them. And a huge piece has been just empowering the team. So the team is so incredible. I have all of these amazing, amazing people who are great at talking to customers, who are really passionate and want to deliver excellent customer success. And they just hadn't been empowered to effectively do so. Mm. So that means creating really, really strong call frameworks and really well thought out customer journeys. And then not just giving them to the team and letting them run wild, but giving everyone proper training so that they feel confident and set up for success. A huge part of my approach is just on making sure that we are really effectively enabling people. So making sure that if we launch a new framework and gathering feedback the whole way through, again, on that theme of following up, like after something goes live, gathering more feedback, uh, properly training, coaching, making sure that for the first time someone uses, let's say it's a new QBR deck, they can send that to their manager for feedback before the call. They can do a mock session or at least mock the pieces of the call that they are concerned about. Um, they can have their manager join the first call of that type, get feedback, maybe join the second and third. And then we're doing like a secondary training after we've done our first training where we all regroup, gather on feedback, iterate, and then keep going. So pushing a lot on the enablement side with all of these new journeys and structures has been really, really important. And then employee development. 
So making sure everyone has had a performance review in the last six months, making sure that everyone has had or has an employee development plan on paper in place. Not all of these things are completed. So like I don't have the onboarding team or the support team fully, fully live yet across our full customer base, but the plans are in flight for all of them working on customer journeys, creating employee development plans was essentially my first priority. Nice. And as I'm saying this, like I've been there for six or eight weeks. So it's yeah. it's been busy, but I think it really emphasizes your point earlier about find the busiest person in the room yeah. and then give them a project. <laughs> That's essentially what I've been doing. Yes, it's, it's a good hack. Although you have to obviously then not let that busiest person in the room burn out. What was behind your decision to make employee development plans top priority over top of, let's say, escalations or, or run, you know, building up customer journeys? Like what, what was that? What makes that the, the top priority? I think there's a few things. First is you have to take care of your people or they're never going to be able to do all of the other great things that you want. So I need the full team support in order to execute on all of these things which means I need to take care of them first before I start asking things of them. And so for me, taking care of them was really getting these development plans in place so that everyone had a path and a vision and they knew how we were gonna collaborate together towards their future career goals. And that they felt heard and that I knew what their future career goals actually were. So that was first and foremost. And the other thing is I have so many projects and initiatives that I want to do and understanding where everyone's strengths are and what everyone is passionate about is going to supercharge our ability to actually execute on all of these things. So now I have these really deep insights into everyone on my team, what they have as their biggest strengths, uh, what they want to do in their career, where they want to grow. And so we can really strategically direct people across the whole department and make sure that they are working on the initiatives that are going to help accelerate their career goals and help accelerate our department's growth. Um, it was a little bit dual purpose in that way, yeah. but it certainly proved so far to be, I think, the right decision. I, I love that so much, Sarah. Like, and, and I have, to, I talked to so many CS leaders where individual development plans, employee development plans are on their list you know, leveling system, all of that, but they haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, and it's, you know, in some cases been years. And I love that that was the first thing that you started off with. I 100% agree with you that like stemming everything from there, like not only does it let you know everything you need to know about your team and give you time with all of them, but you understand their goals, their strengths, their weaknesses, where to put them strategically, what makes the most sense, you know, where it aligns with the company's priorities and goals. And, and especially now in this climate, you know, you need to be doing that for your people. And so for given one, one tactical thing away on the podcast today, besides, you know, all the amazing stuff that, that you shared before about being a mom and, and supporting moms at work, it, it's, um, if you don't have employee development plans in place, get on that right now, because that's the easiest thing you can do to retain and, and grow your, your, your team. It'll be rewarding in all sorts of ways. And if you keep deprioritizing, you're going to lose people. So that's a big takeaway for me. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I'm super passionate about them. I think I've seen the impact that they can have. And 
I'm really excited about it. I think that they can drive so much value, not just for the individuals on the team, but for your ability to execute at just the next level, letting people work on the type of things that are tailored to their strengths and their career goals and actually building these plans so that they see how it connects to their career goals and they are working on the right initiatives for their career goals while also accelerating your team. Yes, it's a commitment of time, but if you're not doing that, how much of your time are you spending slapping band-aids on things versus this really, really holistic approach that you can take to building things properly with really strong foundations because you have the right people on the right things. Amazing. Well, I think that's a, a great spot to leave it. I could keep talking about CS stuff with you now for another hour, but I know you've got a busy day ahead. So I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to catch up. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars and leave a review. Make sure to subscribe. And if you want to reach out to us, our email is community at getcatalyst.io.